1: We got old in that time. Oh man, we've aged <laughs> 3,000
0: aged- years. We are Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> we just woke up and somebody was like, you don't look good. You've been asleep <laughs> for 300 years.
1: Wait, but this is a special episode.
0: It is. It's, it's, our, such- most it's our most special episode. So let me bring this really episode. sick energy.
1: Yeah, no, we got to like start over.
0: That was There's our nothing fr- I can do. This is who I am. And you know what? It's <laughs> symbolic because it's it's sort of been, um, uh, I feel like everyone accepted us for who we were and what we brought to the table and why should today be any different.
1: You know what? We always come with our most authentic self, so why shouldn't today be different?
0: Well, it shouldn't be. Should it?
1: No, it shouldn't. It really, really shouldn't. <laughs> Truly? Darkly?
0: We're really excited for this new chapter and a lot of you have reached out to us this oh, week to say that you're excited, which makes us
1: even more excited. We were I so was so happy. I was nervous to tell them I didn't want to disappoint anyone.
0: Well, the truth <laughs> like, is it's only good news and we're really like, to be able to tell these stories the way we're going to get to on this new show where we get to really take our time and do our research and have help with the research and the production and uh, just have like a whole team uh, crafting these stories. It's really exciting for us.
1: It's, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no reading There's...
0: like 10 Wikipedia articles the night before when you've had a couple of wines like that's that. Those are the days of the past and onward and upward. I say these are the days of our lives.
1: It is. I mean, I think, too, it's like to have a team that's going to come together and do this stuff. I mean, I the first episode we're recording this Monday. The first episode is launching tomorrow and Quinn and I heard it and I. I think you're going to be happy with it.
0: Oh, totes. I mean, God just
1: really cool music, Foley. Like, it's, it's just really well produced, and you still get Quinn and me making some jokes. I wonder so if you can... guys will be
0: able to tell that we were a little nervous. <laughs> like we were like, you know, it's our first episode and we're like, um, usually it's Carrie and I alone in a room and in this case we've got uh, you know, producers that are in the zoom with us and I think we were a little like shy and nervous at first, but we've recorded several episodes and I feel like we're just getting like more and more uh, ourselves as the time goes by. Totally. Do you feel that way?
1: Well, I think like when I remember to the first time we recorded this podcast, like how nervous I was right. and how far we came. And I think what's really cool about it is as nervous as we were for maybe recording the first episode, we also had 120-something episodes that we had already recorded. So it's, it's cool that like the nerves of the first episode of Crime of a Lifetime
0: mm-hmm. is
1: was made so much easier because we've already gone through the nerves of the first episode of Truly Darkly Creepily. You know, Uh it's something that, you know, when we record these episodes, I'm sure you can hear a difference in how we record, dear listeners, dear readers. But for us, it's hard to see, you know, we're just living in it. It's so present for us. But it might be interesting to go back and listen to our very first episode just to hear
0: I don't think I could. Like I, I feel like I'd it would yeah. make me so anxious. Um with that, I, I wrote down a couple of questions I wanna ask you. Um insane. And I just wanted to ask you what has been your favorite thing about doing the show?
1: Oh, it's gonna sound so cheesy, Quinn.
0: Do it. But, but like our friendship. On Okay, that's pretty cheesy.
1: It's so cheesy. (laughs) I could get emotional talking about it. Hold on, let me move my seat. Uh, But like, oh my God. But like, we were close before we
0: did this. Mm -hmm. We
1: were friends before, but like.
0: I can't remember anything before this. I can't remember anything. (laughs) It's like having kids. I don't know how I met you. I feel like (laughs) one day I looked up and you were sitting across from me with a Blue Mic. snowball microphone in your face. And you could just see my eyes. Do you remember the first couple episodes we shared a blue snowball? Do you remember that? We had to sit really close because we only no, had one I microphone. No, I don't remember that.
1: <laughs> I do not remember In that. your
0: bedroom, we like sat awkward close. No, we close.
1: had different mics in my bedroom. But I remember we were trying to figure out where to record and the first recording was up in Koa's bedroom. It was
0: terrible. So echoey.
1: It was echoey. And we were sitting on the floor because we were like, oh, there's this foam padding on the floor that all
0: absorbs. All the sound. That's not I'd how still it say we're not masters of like knowing no. how to make that That's work. why
1: it's going to sound so much better with Lifetime. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like what's been cool is we were friends beforehand, but like I feel like through each episode we've learned more stories about each other in Mm -hmm. such an organic way that I think, like, you know.
0: My favorite thing is when um, people reach out to us to say, like, that we're making them laugh or that we're Ugh, or like when they get specific about being like I do this for a living and like you're in my ears while I'm doing it and it makes my day at my job better or like I know like we've had people reach out and say like I'm breastfeeding right now and I'm up at night and you're what I'm listening to and it's great and like people telling us kind of like where they're coming from what their uh I don't want to say struggle but I do looks like because we're all right guys we're all struggling we're all in um it. we're all make doing this thing called life and i just feel so connected to those people and i didn't i was i've been really pleasantly surprised that that's felt that way
1: that's been the most humbling thing is people listening to us i think that's been the most, you're gonna ask me what it's surprised not humbling me it's Wait, like is it pe- humbling
0: is that what you say <laughs> that's what i'm saying because humbling is- oh i would say it's inflated my ego <laughs> I would say like the exact no, I, like, opposite. I
1: like well, that's because we're opposite days. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean I I look back at like one of the things that has meant the most to me is our friendship for sure. But also I remember, you know, my cousin telling me when she was visiting her mom in the hospital mm. that we kept her company,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, listening to our podcast. Mm-hmm. That that felt really special. Yeah. I thought really special. I also just want to give a shout out to my cousin Becky. That's all. Shout it. I want to shout Becky You're from the rooftops cuz Becky, you rule.
0: What um what has most surprised you? That people listened. That people listened. Yeah, I feel
1: (laughs) that. That's been the most surprising. You know, I was
0: surprised how much I actually ended up liking editing. Because remember, we were so nervous when Sarah left and I had to learn how to do that. And you know me, I'm not tech savvy. So that was like a really scary moment. I am in this relationship. But that was really scary for me. And and to learn how to do it and to get kind of comfortable with doing it and to be like, oh, this is actually like another almost artistic expression where I get to decide... What stays in and what gets cut. Totally. I actually really couldn't believe how much I like that part of it.
1: Totally. And
0: I'll miss that, you know? Totally.
1: Yeah, but we're still going to have Patreon. Don't worry. You'll still be editing. Oh, that's so true. And And that's
0: about as much editing as I want to do, is to two episodes a month
1: <laughs> actually that's <laughs> good. i can be honest that's, good.
0: that's where i'm at with wait that. i
1: want to ask you why did you ask me so if you're new to listening and i hope you're not but if you are new quinn asked me quinn pitched this weird, show idea weird episode to me
0: to start with first weird of episode all. to start with but <laughs> i i asked you because um we have a lot of really cool female comedians in our life that i thought about asking but i wanted to ask you because i thought you would take it really seriously because Oh, you know what it reminds me of? Hmm. You know, our friend John has a really good joke where (laughs) – So John had this joke in an improv show we would do where he'd meet with people and he was trying to get to know them over a cup of coffee in real life. But it's a a game that they were playing. But anyway, God, I can't really describe that. Like the point being John would do this joke where he'd go – to get to know each other, let's all say our favorite thing about Mark Wahlberg on the count of three. One, two, three. His work ethic. Brothers. <laughs> it always made me laugh so much. So I would say my favorite thing about you is one, two, three. Your Brothers. work ethic. <laughs> you knew I. You knew I would. Rise to the occasion. You knew I'd rise to the occasion. I knew you weren't going to be the guy that did this six times and then was like, oh, something came up. It's really hard to get people to just show up. You know? And this podcast isn't even just about just showing up. Right. It's about doing a little homework and showing up. And it's not everybody that I could – I knew how badly I wanted to do it. So it was – I wasn't worried about my commitment to the project. But I needed to think of somebody that – was somebody I'd want to talk to and do this with every week, and that I thought I'd have fun doing it with. But almost more importantly, or equal of equal importance, is somebody that would show up and do the work. And totally. I really don't know. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. that. Is a huge part of it. Wow,
1: yeah. kids, do your homework.
0: Do your <laughs> homework. The more you know.
1: <laughs> You're gonna ask me if I ever wanted to quit, or what? What are you gonna ask me now?
0: Um, did you ever want to quit? No. Me never. Either. I never did either.
1: Never. I think one, because I'm loyal as hell and I'm like, I made a commitment mm-hmm. for better or worse. I made a commitment and I'm sticking it through. Mm-hmm. I don't think, yeah, I don't, there was no point in me that was like, no, this was just a part of my schedule. I mean, when we weren't getting paid, nothing. I also think, too, is, We started this in January, in December 2019, or a little before we started recording. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic happened and it Mm -hmm. became like just a part of our practice of like creative expression when everything was shut down. Mm -hmm. Like this was so much a part of COVID for me.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I
1: I think because, and it's so funny because it became something that I just did. It was a commitment. It was something I did, and I didn't see an end in sight. But I'm, like, so lucky.
0: I if fe- only we could channel this into some sort of gym regimen. We'd really be so fit.
1: The thing is, is you need to find, if you wanted something, do, do something consistently. You have to do something you like. Unfortunately, I like doing this. Yeah. You know? Me too. Should I we lift, lift weights while gym? we do it? and just be out of breath.
0: (gasps) People would love that.
1: (laughs) Did you never wanted to quit? No. Because it always, you know what it was? It always was really fun. Yeah. Like I'd sometimes be like dragging my feet on research Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or like what story to do to look it up. There was some, sometimes I would drag my feet with that, but every time I'd get into the weeds or tell you a story or surprise you, Mm
0: -hmm. that was
1: always so fun. Or like When I'd come with, like, a really fun story, like, I remember being, like, nothing is better. When you told
0: the story about the rape by deceit, (gasps) that was, like, I have never heard of that kind of crime or thought about that kind of crime. And it gutted me.
1: That one, that one was horrifying. That one was, that, yeah.
0: The idea that you could be so fooled by somebody that it would... It, it, I mean, it even h- sort of harkens back to the more recent one I did of the Puppet Master story totally. of that guy. But just like losing years of your life to being under the impression that something is true when it isn't and how scary that kind of lie is and how hard it is to sort of put into words or prosecute that yeah. as well, a crime. But it is, is the scariest crime in the world because it's so insidious. many other things happen and are horrible, but then they're over and you either – are dead (laughs) i guess or you have time to like heal but the idea that like someone would brain fuck you on that level just horrifies me
1: i think those are the cases that are so scary to me are the ones that are outside the bounds of law like Mm -hmm. that one freaked me out but in addition um the woman who would write lies online about a family, right. and no one could prosecute her, and yeah. she just created these webs of lies that were horrifying and horribly damaging to this family. Uh-huh. Like those ones were they can't be punished.
0: Yeah. They or can't. Annabelle the doll.
1: Or Annabelle she, the doll. She was
0: never punished for her crimes. Never. Which I I hate to see that. We hate. To There's, see no, that. Justice There's no justice. There's no justice for that doll.
1: Exactly. Well, for her victims.
0: That's exactly. Just
1: as for her. Not we
0: can't me. talk about her because do you remember when we, we told that story didn't and the lights, the lights flickered, flickered and the so, door. It was so scary. Do you remember scary. someone knocked at the door and you went and checked and no one was there? Yes. But we heard the downstairs door yes. like open and close and or something? And like the
1: door like creak open too? So scary. That was scary. I But I think the scariest episode we ever did was your labor. Oh. <laughs>
0: Scary for who, you know?
1: I mean, I loved it. I think, honestly, to go back to like the work ethic for both of us, I actually, that's something I'm most proud of us that we didn't miss a week. I was no, late we sometimes releasing an episode, but we never missed a week. Right. And the week that we were planning on taking off, because you were pushing a baby out of your hoo ha, we ended up recording it and making a special episode. That's yeah. something I'm super proud of us for.
0: Yeah. It's been a long time to have never skipped a week. It is, uh,
1: I think it's because Quinn read online somewhere that the most important thing about a new podcast is consistency. I took it
0: really to heart, huh?
1: <laughs> and she told me that and we both were like, well, that's our new thing. We do not miss an episode. We'll we come never out every miss week. one.
0: We'll never miss one.
1: <laughs> it's true. sweet uh, so I want to know what was your, did you ever want to fire me?
0: No. Okay, cool.
1: But what was your most importantly, what was your favorite story you told?
0: Ooh, I think like two of the standouts for me would be Red One, Um, with Ooh. like all the prison breaks and copying movies and stuff. Yes. I also really liked The Watcher, with all the letters yes. that got sent and they yes. finally moved. Yes. Because that, that was another like no one ever knew who wrote those and it was such a sort of spooky vibes, this could happen to you kind of energy about it.
1: Ooh, I, I, yeah. What about
0: you? What, what was your favorite? I think
1: what we, I think it's funny because my favorite, well, well, there's a couple of ones that were favorites, but, um, I think one of my favorite episodes was when we first met our main man, P.I. Ken Brennan.
0: Oh, I love P.I. Ken Brennan. I love
1: P.I. Ken Brennan. I, uh, it was based on the Vanity Fair article, the room 348. It's episode 43. I looked it up. It's the murder of Glenn Flanagan or Flanagan. Still don't know how to say his name. Um, (laughs) Here we are. But also that episode was my favorite to tell you because it was such a mysterious thing, which spoiler alert, it's this guy who was in a hotel who died and people just assumed it was a heart attack. But what actually happened was there was like a microscopic hole from the door next door and it was a bullet. Straight bullet. Went up his balls and hit him in the heart and he died. And they only discovered this after they opened him up in an autopsy
0: so crazy. But
1: more importantly, not more importantly, but it's a crazy, this guy Ken Brennan, we meet him and he's just like old PI, slicked back hair, New York, New Jersey guy who's like in Florida solving crimes. Right. And like, I
0: went to later do a story about one of the crimes he solved where the woman yes, was uh, found outside the hotel, but they couldn't figure out how she'd left the hotel. It's yeah. a, So
1: they're just like really cool, interesting cases. Um, but also that episode, I don't know if you remember what it was called common when you die my favorite moment I think that might have been the like that 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 might have been my favorite moment yeah I still laugh thinking so about it that funny. was like
0: that and when you when you uh told me about Carrie Pima pants <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those are the times I laughed the hardest
1: and what's funny is is they're puns so I didn't realize you were a pun queen
0: oh I guess I am I guess I'm pretty punny
1: Guess that's what gets you. That's what gets you. Is
0: is Ken Brennan like your favorite character that was introduced to you via the
1: podcast? I I loved him because it feels like reading a mystery novel. Uh, This is also the story. Also gave me the heebie-jeebies. But like Jose Salvador Alvarenga, I don't know if you remember. Of course, I do. Eighty
0: out on the sea, fourteen
1: months at sea, fourteen months, and he like survived on his own.
0: And that guy ate like the poison bird or fish oh, yeah. or like, what died of food because of a snake and oh god so crazy And you know
1: who my favorite person that ever was on our podcast is larry posner
0: oh you know larry posner i remember when he when our podcast won him over what was it you're telling of the donners the donner party really yeah he was not sure about us up until then i think he was like so you guys are like these two kind of ding dongs telling each other these stories yes. in this like not very graceful way i think he was kind of like that's not a podcast and then he was like you know it's pretty funny listening to you guys like tell this story i knew and carrie was like making jokes it's pretty funny and I, I think at that point he was like wait i think i get it and i was like yeah it's pretty good right and he was like yeah yeah i'm into it and then i he's uh, never skipped an episode since
1: those have been my favorite emails that you forward me is um larry posner's favorite lines yeah. of the episodes yeah because i forget what i say five seconds after oh, i totally. say it so it's a nice reminder
0: do you remember when we both came to work only like five episodes in and we had picked the same, the same story? story? Oh, yeah. How fucking crazy is that? Well,
1: it was thematic. It was our Christmas episode. Still, and it was
0: the- I still think that's <laughs> absolutely insane.
1: It's happened like twice. <laughs> that and the witch elm.
0: Right. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so insane. I
1: do like that. It's a fun game of mind melds that we played. Who's your uh, favorite character?
0: Arno Fuque, the guy that was like Darkwing Duck-
1: Oh my God. The you guy have, that was robbing people, say, but like he in was terms of a cartoon character. In terms of superlatives, you win with the heist stories. Every Thank heist, you. I don't know how I, you I find them. I do love him, a heist. And they're so good. Every heist story you tell is always really incredible.
0: Yeah. Was there ever a story you were telling that you really thought, or I was telling, I guess, either way, that you thought was going to go in a particular direction and then you were like, holy shit, what? Like, huge yes. twist moment?
1: Yes. Oh, what was it? It was, I'm actually not, I don't know if I can remember. The name? The name, but it was the case where the guy, it was like, clearly the guy was the, it was the police officer yes. killer guy. Yeah. And all the evidence, and then all of a sudden, it just switched, and it was an intruder. Do you remember that case? It was like the family, I think, that was murdered. Do you remember? mm
0: When you just said that, I was like, I thought I knew where you were going with it. And now I'm like, wait, wait,
1: maybe I'm wrong. I could be mixing cases because that's a total possibility. But what was the one where like, we thought it was the guy and then DNA?
0: No, no. I think what you might be thinking of is the story of the guy that got the dog from them.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, but
0: it was him. That was the twist is that like everyone thought it was him, but it felt like then people were like, a kid also goes on the neighborhood walks wearing was the outfit. Him? And it was him. But he was exonerated. That and then they one. found out like 20, 30 then years was, later, they were like, him. it was this guy.
1: Okay, then maybe that's what I'm referring to. What was I one said, that, so what was the, the, the biggest? East
0: burn murders or something.
1: What was the biggest twist? you,
0: I think I was just really surprised that when I set out to do this sleepwalking story that of I've... <gasps> I've done like two, oh. but the first one I did, um, the guy's name I think was Kenneth James Park. I was sure that I was going to call bullshit on it, and the more I read, the more I believed him. Yeah. And that surprised me. Yeah. Just because, like, I thought I was going to have the opposite sort of opinion that I ended up having.
1: Totally. Yeah. I find that's what – I also have been really loving – for me, I like doing sort of historical cases, which you probably have – to hear you probably know, like, when I do the Lindbergh baby or when mm-hmm. I, like – just cases that I think I, or the Donner Party, things that like I've heard about, but I don't actually know about Mm -hmm. them. And so that's always been really fun to sort of like break through sort of like what is said, you know, in polite society and then actually hearing, actually learning about the cases. I find interesting, like the Dilatov Pass or things like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Is any of the episodes gave you nightmares? A research for one of them or anything? I mean, anything? I
1: think, honestly, the ones that have, well, the ones that have given me nightmares is because I accidentally watched a video. That's the problem, is when I do the... Oh, re- uh, like we do the Walendas? Re- or... That's exactly what yeah, it was. That's... Watching that video, like, I remember, I remember researching the flying Walendas, which was, I'm just, like, listing the episodes because I looked them up, but they're episode 91. And I remember researching that story the night before after having, like, a glass of or two or three of wine, and I accidentally clicked on the video where you saw him fall, Mm -hmm. that fateful trip where he was tightrope walking, and it is, like, that stays with me. Watching, accidentally watching videos stays with me.
0: Yeah. I
1: I do it so you don't have to, so please don't watch that video. Yeah,
0: I think, like, watching a video, it stays with you whenever I had to, not had to, but whenever I chose to, like, read a whole book or something. Like, I remember Mm. the Austin... Yogurt shop murders really stuck with me because I was like reading that book for days. And it's such a sad case and they never figured it out. And the woman that wrote it did such a good job. I was just like, I oh, can't stop thinking about this and these poor girls.
1: Well, I will say, I think I've asked some people what their what their cases that stand out. And that's a case that stands out to people. Oh, really? And I think also because because it affected you so much – I think that's why it was so effective.
0: Right. I get that. Mm-hmm. I would also say that the Thai rescue really like affected me.
1: <gasps> that story was so beautiful. It was such so a nice so thing to scary. get to tell
0: a story that wasn't just like, I mean, somebody died, but like, generally speaking, the fact that like this a miracle, miracle sort of happened and all these children were recovered and also just like, we tell so many stories that are about how bad people can be mm. and to tell a story that's like everyone was doing their best everyone was working their hardest everyone was working together to get this done and so many people and it was so international right um and totally. people of all ages and all abilities were finding ways to help it was that was like a really uplifting story to get to tell
1: yeah i think that's what i've loved about Our podcast is I think because our umbrella is so big of like paranormal hauntings, true crime but also like what would the tie a natural disaster? Like I I love that we are able to include that. Like I loved telling the story of the shark attacks that later inspired Jaws (laughs) because that scares the shit out of me. So it's like fun to uncover these stories that maybe Yeah, I've just loved doing that.
0: Um, I want to give a shout out to our top 10 uh, financial contributors. Mm -hmm. These are the people that have to date given the most through Patreon to help support the podcast. And they really should be in the credits of every episode because they're sort of like our executive producers. Totally. But um, Lila and Donna, Whitney, my sister, my parents- Ellen and Larry. Love to see it. Ashley M, Ashley K, Kim C, Mandalay, and two very good real-life friends. Uh, Lucy, that I grew up with, is a big supporter of the podcast. And Michelle, um, who you know as well, yeah, and is a good friend to both of us, is a big supporter of the podcast. So we want to thank them. And we also want to thank another uh, supporter, not just for supporting us financially, but for supporting us by...
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean... She's our cheerleader. She's our
0: number one cheerleader, I would say. She's always telling um, people to listen, and she was the person that uh, scored us a seat on Bob Ruff's True Crime Binge. So we really want to thank Jamie. Absolutely. Um, And we also want to say that this is not goodbye. If you guys want to keep hearing stuff from us join patreon join patreon um we have some songs to do this week we do yeah we do we have like four new patreon subscribers do it but i also just want to shout out ashley's dogs um frankie and marty because they listen to the the show frankie and marty you are so (laughs) and when i farty i blame it on you because you're dogs and you can't tell people that it wasn't you Mm-mm-mm. Um, Let's thank Heidi. Heidi,
1: uh, Heidi, 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 you ho! are so <laughs> exciting to join our hideout. <laughs> oh
0: my God, that's that pretty was good. So
1: bad. Yeah,
0: Heidi's disappointed. For okay, sure.
1: Heidi, 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 ho, you are so coolio. You're joining Patreon and becoming. A friend of
0: friend ours. A friend of ours. Heidi. What about Christina? Hey, Christina! Hey. You know what uh, I mean. I'm in there to you for doing this for us. Christine- Christina. Christina. What about Courtney, Courtney. Courtney, Courtney, Courtney. Why don't you build a fortney out of your love for us? That's what you did. You gave us all your money and you truly sped right up to the light. And you stopped and you flipped and you flopped. And you got out of the car and did a fire drill and ran around and got back in. Courtney, Courtney, you are at it again. That's what happens when you just say what's on your mind when you're sick.
1: I have to tell you, Quinn, Please? in your teeth right now, there's a piece of lettuce.
0: <laughs> oh my God, that makes so much sense. It's like I couldn't be less <laughs> dignified or more embarrassed about myself and the energy I'm bringing to the table, and then you gave me that. I really Is it love this it. Tooth? No, it's right here. Is it this too? No, next. Way yeah. over here? Yeah. Oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to get that.
1: It's all the way in the top. Yeah. Do you feel it? Mm-mm. There you go, there it is. Is it
0: gone? Oh, I do feel it.
1: There it is, you got it, you got it, babe. I think it
0: was cilantro.
1: <laughs> cilantro, coriander.
0: Stephanie.
1: Stephanie, Stephanie. Stephanie. You are the Stephanie. best. honey. Stephanie. Stephanie, Stephanie,
0: Stephanie. 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 You gave us Stephanie. money. Stephanie's our favorite. Friend. Thank oh, you so much, Stephanie. We are you. Okay. Wow. Yeah, why not? Why not? Oh, I guess I I would be remiss if I didn't promote Koa's new show. He told me the other day that he started a podcast. I Um,
1: love that Koa is a podcaster in his imagination. I I think that's the sweetest. I
0: didn't know, but he was like, oh, I got to record. I have a podcast. And I was like, oh, you do? And what's it called? And he was like, it's called Big Creepy Paws on Your Face. And I was like, ooh, wow. Um, What? what is it about? Like scary stuff. And he was like, no, we mostly talk about Christmas. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. Um, That's great. And he says he hosts it with his friend Oakley. And then he was like, well, Joni's there too. Joni, it's Joni's idea. And she tells us what to talk about. And I was like, so so Joni, who by the way is like three and a half. I was like, so Joni's your producer. And he's like, yeah.
1: Wait, I'm obsessed. I mean, with that. Was, I would record. I w- should. We, can we do a special recording of Koa's podcast? I would Patreon? love to.
0: I mean, his story never changed, so I'm I'm tempted to look on Spotify and just see if Big Creepy Paws on Your Face is there. It might be.
1: I think we should have a special um, episode. I think we, here's the thing: I'm comfortable giving him free advertising because you birthed him.
0: Oh my god, that's so. Generous do you think he'll promote our
1: podcast on his podcast? I don't
0: think he has the time. Frankly, I, he's pretty busy. Yeah, he is. Um, would you like to do a couple? weird we're gonna do like we did
1: so we listen it's our podcast it's a truly deathly, creepily vibe we wanted to give you a couple of creepy weird death stories but without
0: doing homework
1: but without doing a lot of homework
0: what we're doing is you guys might recall from a previous episode and i told carrie a story about like a poodle crossing a street and a series of a million deaths that occurred four basically it was so weird though it was a domino fact and it was fascinating I told Carrie that story, and then we were talking about how there's like a Wikipedia that lists some strange deaths. So I said, Carrie, let's just each pick a few strange deaths and just tell these vignettes uh, to round out this little episode we're bringing you um, to give you a little bit um, of spooky vibes. Can I go
1: first? we we please. How many did you do?
0: Um, I did five.
1: Quinn, I did three.
0: I can. You know what? Then I go first and you go in between and Great. it will work. Great. Okay. Of course. I'll this s- is,
1: This feels, I wouldn't say this feels so right. You were like three to four. I was like three. Please talk to me about my work, <laughs> work ethic again. <laughs> 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 I wonder if we pick the same ones. It's a long list.
0: Could be. Did you do 1924 Thornton Jones? No. Tell me. Okay. This is a lawyer in Wales
1: do you need a minute
0: no this is how i sound (laughs) i'm so sorry this is who you're doing this show with today um he woke up one day and was like wait my throat is fully slit could not speak grabs a pen grabs a piece of paper and writes on it right before dying i dreamt that i had done it i awoke to find it true so the, but they didn't even like the verdict was like temporary insanity and that he it was self inflicted not clear and you wonder because it's like the 1920s you're like somebody could have killed him and then written that on a piece of paper but think they're like he also no had he a wrote dream it that he
1: went to the bathroom and peed but he actually peed his bed as well
0: I have done that once so I think that's why I mention been. it
1: because I think it's pretty common
0: it's common Come when you die. die. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, did you do this story? This one actually I did not get from the Wikipedia article that you sent me. I got this from a BuzzFeed article.
0: Cool, let's hear it. But
1: it's Dr. Robert Liston. So he's a famous surgeon in the 1800s. And he's such a famous surgeon because he's one of the fastest surgeons alive. And in the 1800s, they didn't have anesthesia. So it was pretty – it would behoove you to go to a surgeon that was fucking quick. Yeah. Right? So his – On his docket that day, he has to amputate a leg. No anesthesia. Gotta be quick. So he's trying to save this patient. He goes in to amputate the leg, and no anesthesia, and he's quick, and he ends up cutting off the fingers of his assistant while he's doing it quick. You know, stay out of his way, you know? (laughs) So he cuts the fingers off off of his assistant He cuts the fingers off of his assistant in addition to amputating the leg. However, in doing so, both of them sustained gangrene infection and they both died. In addition, at this time, there were like a lot of people in the gallery watching and they weren't far away. They were pretty close again, like germs. It was the 1800s. They're like, this guy needs his leg amputated. We need to learn. Let's all hands on deck sort of vibe. So he's, wielding this saw cutting off this guy's leg yeah and he turns and the guy behind him is a doctor and he like cuts him or he thinks he cuts him but it's just his coat that he cuts with his saw but the guy behind him sees the blood sees the cut assumes he got cut in half he goes into shock and he is in cardiac arrest and he dies. What? So they say this doctor, Robert Liston, had a mortality rate of 300%. He tried to save one person in and Vietnam killed three. Killing three based on the gangrene and also cutting a guy's coat and putting him into shock and cardi- cardiac arrest. Is... So he has a mortality rate of 300%. I
0: don't like those odds.
1: But why? Like, you go to save one patient and you kill three. I mean, I shouldn't laugh, but that's But insane. next time,
0: consider for everyone just calling in sick, please. Or
1: just, like, maybe take a little bit more
0: time. He cut off. I've got one that kind of is a, a good relatable. So you know the woman that wrote Goodnight Moon?
1: I saw this one. I almost did it. I'm so glad I did it. But I'm obsessed with this. This is wild.
0: So she went to the hospital, dear readers, with an ovarian cyst. And then afterwards, she was like, I'm so healthy. I want to show off. And she kicks her leg up in the she air. She was like
1: a full Sally O'Malley. Kick. <laughs> to kick and stretch and kick. And when she kicked.
0: There's a blood clot in her leg that gets dislodged and travels up to her breast brain and fucking kills her
1: good night moon
0: i guess so that's so crazy
1: i bet you'll never look at good night moon the same way that no she did like i a won't. high kick and then a blood clot traveled it's so to her brain. wild that is insane i mean what i liked about that story was like was it really the kick that did it in do you know what i mean or was that just like a fun
0: or like, did it like speed the process you mean of like something yeah, like that with would the have blood clot was her. inevitable yeah. i'm not sure
1: Oh, my God. That's so wild. Um, Did you see Mary Reeser? I think she was right below it.
0: It's so funny you say that. Is Mary Reeser... um, the
1: spontaneous combustion?
0: That's what I'm doing the mini on. Spontaneous human combustion as a subject. Like, as a subject and talking about cases of it happening. But as a result, I do know about Mary. But yeah, please tell it, it.
1: Okay, so Mary Hardy Reeser, she's 67 years old. She's in St. Petersburg, Florida. We're in Florida, baby. We already know shit's about to get weird. It's 8 o'clock in the morning, July 2nd. It's 1951. Mary's landlady comes to her apartment to to deliver a telegram. I hope it's a singing one, but who knows? So she knocks on the door. No answer. She goes to turn the knob to give the telegram to Mary, but the knob is hot. And I guess she, like, really paid attention in school for fire. And so she was like, ah, this isn't good. So she calls the police. They come in. They open the door, and they find... Mary's remains on a chair. Now, what makes it so interesting is that the majority of Mary is in ashes. What remains is her backbone, her skull, which is shrunk quite a bit. And the things around her, like in the near vicinity that are plastic are sort of softened and melted. um, And they also find part of her foot is still in her slipper. Mm -hmm. And it feels like she just melted or like basic combusted and so nothing around her is burnt like there's no smoke damage the furniture has very little smoke damage um it's pretty bewildering to walk in and find this scene that has no other damage and what they think happened was this spontaneous combustion she was really into taking sleeping pills and she was a smoker so they think she had taken a sleeping pill had a cigarette the cigarette was not put out, and it landed in her lap. And the fat of her body allowed her to burn to completion, like it became the fuel to burn her body. Um, and she was on a concrete floor, so that is not a conduit. That did not spread the fire. And the chair was isolated enough from the things around her um, that she she was burned to death and essentially cremated from the cigarette. Yeah. Um, but again, what's so crazy, just the furniture was not scorched. There was not a lot of damage. But had smoke. to walk
0: into that room and see that site would have been so fucking crazy. So
1: insane. And then the skull of it, the skull of it all, the skull, the skull was skull shrunken. And so there was like confusion of how would that happen in a case like this, right? Like it wouldn't shrink. But mm-hmm. so they call it like her cause of death is spontaneous combustion.
0: I thought this one really caught my eye in- the 70s there's this health food advocate who has the best name for a health food advocate which is basil brown and basil brown lives in england and in the name of health i guess consumed 70 million units of vitamin a i don't know what a unit of vitamin a would look like but 38 liters of carrot juice in the course of 10 days
1: I bet he was orange. I bet he was bright orange. He
0: turned his skin bright yellow. You're really close.
1: Because when a baby has mm-hmm. too many carrots, the carotene mm-hmm. makes their noses bright
0: orange. Um it's called like keratinosis and it does turn you bright fucking yellow. It's pretty fucking crazy. I mean, but that's that's how basil died.
1: Is it basil or basil?
0: Um, it's definitely basil, but I think because we they're a health person, I prefer to mispronounce it and say basil. Should we do
1: a basil brown salad and have just like basil and carrots? Mm-hmm. Wow, dark. Um, that's a lot of carrot juice.
0: Um, it makes me sick mm-hmm. thinking about it.
1: Do you like the taste of carrot juice?
0: No. Who I don't, does? I don't know if I like. I don't know. Who would never order a carrot juice? I don't think a lot of places have it, but I would never be one to order a carrot juice. You can throw a carrot in a smoothie with a bunch of other shit so I don't taste it, but.
1: It's not. My parents used to boil frozen carrots and put brown sugar and butter on it.
0: It was delicious. That does sound good.
1: Midwest Veggies. We love to see them. I like this one because this name also makes sense. His name is Dick Wertheim, a.k.a. Richard.
0: Dick Wortheim?
1: Dick Wortheim oh. or Wortham. Wortham. Well, W E R T H E I M.
0: All right, I don't know.
1: I'm going to call him Dick Wortham.
0: Dick Dick, Dick, <laughs> Dick W. Dick W. All right.
1: Dick W from the Bachelor. Okay. So he's a this is a this is a story for Radell. So he's a tennis linesman. Mhm. That's his job.
0: Whatever that um, is. And it's
1: 1983 US Open. He is a line chair. He's officiating the center line. So he's in a chair. Tennis player Stefan Edberg goes up to the line, bounces the little tennis ball, hits it in the air, and fucking serves it. And these serves are pretty fucking fast. So he serves it, and it hits Dick Wertheim directly in the groin. Like, it nails him in
0: the groin. He dies from getting hit in the groin by a tennis ball. That's horrible.
1: So what happens he gets hit in the groin, but then he's like, oh, and then he falls over and hits his head.
0: And that's how he dies? So he was
1: marked unconscious. He had some <gasps> pre-existing, so like he had a stroke in his 40s and a heart attack in his 40s. So he had some like pre-existing so does feel metal. that
0: far to fall. Well, I
1: don't know if he was in the like tall chair, but oh. I assume not because if a, if a serve hits him in the balls and he's sitting in a chair from on the center line. I don't, I think he probably was sitting closer to the ground. Uh-huh. I don't think he, anyway, um, I don't think he was in a tall one. So it's not a far way to, it's not a fall way to It's not a far way to fall. So it's so powerful. This groin shot hits, he then falls over, he hits his head. Um, he's taken to the hospital and he's unconscious. And five yeah. days later, he dies. Oh no. His family sues the U.S. Tennis Association for $2.25 But the judge says that the tennis ball was not the proximate
0: cause of death. It, it was, was actually the head, head. injury. It's so it's funny on those technicalities, right?
1: Totally. Totally. Fascinating. But I just, Dick died. I, I think, I mean, listen, without hitting his without the ball hitting his groin, he wouldn't have died. It wasn't the ultimate cause of death, but like. You know, you can die from COVID, but die from COVID-related things. Like I would say, this is a a ball to the ball of the groin-related death mm-hmm. to a guy named Dick.
0: Oh, I didn't tie it together. Well,
1: I did that for Thank you. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate did that. For that. You. His name is Richard, and he could have chose Rick or Rich. Chose Dick.
0: Chose Dick, and that would be his fate. Mm-hmm. Mine's really recent. This last one, it's in November of eighty-three. That's which is, this one was. Oh, yours is 83 too? Mm-hmm. You want to know what happened that same year?
1: What happened?
0: Jimmy Farroso, who is a bouncer at a club in San Francisco, he and his girlfriend, Teresa, decide, I presumably no one's there and, you know, he's a bouncer, so he has access to the club. Maybe it's after closing. I'm sort of speculating, but um, I do presume they're alone because they decide they're going to, get nasty on the piano and it's one of those pianos that they would do shows where it came out of the sky oh, so like you're watching the stage like a, like a liberace and the piano vibe. gets yeah. like lowered in and it's very romantic amazing um pegasus vibes so they're having sex on the piano and somehow he activates <gasps> the mechanism that raises the piano so it's just on the stage. They're having sex and it starts to get raised. Somehow she Phantom gets away.
1: It was Phantom of the Opera.
0: Had to have been. He gets crushed to death by this <gasps> piano in the ceiling. What a crazy thing, right? Oh and imagine my... being her, she got away. But like you're having sex with your boyfriend and then you're like, this is so funny. The piano's raising and then you like climb off it and why did he stay and did, did it go really fast and they didn't have time. I, you know, I'm missing a lot of details here, but – Horrible.
1: I think, like, anytime anyone dies during sex has to be horrifying. Bing. Um, We want to talk about our new podcast. So listen. Oh, my gosh. No- Should we play some of it? Let's play the cold open. OK. So okay. last week, wait. I just want to say, last week it came out on Tuesday. So this episode's coming out on Friday. The first episode is out. And the first episode, are we playing just the first episode cold open? Yeah. OK. Well, the first episode just dropped and it's about a man who washed up on the chesapeake bay he's dead he's chopped up into three suitcases and the convicted murderer has become known as the suitcase killer so we're going to give you the cold open of that episode and so here's here's how the new episode starts it's sunday april 15th 2007 and splashed across the front page of central new jersey's home news tribune
0: reads did she or didn't she An image of a woman looking tired and haggard rests on the top right of the article. The woman in the picture is Melanie McGuire, and she's on trial for the murder of her husband.
1: The article presents two possibilities in the case of the 34-year-old widow. Did her husband, Bill McGuire, pack his bags, leave their apartment, and get murdered by unknown persons?
0: Or did she kill him? with the 38 caliber weapon she'd purchased two days earlier.
1: A few hours before the prosecution believes Melanie killed her husband, the couple had put down a mortgage for a four-bedroom colonial house in a scenic, tree-lined neighborhood in Asbury, New Jersey. Melanie was a nurse at a fertility clinic, and Bill was an adjunct professor at the New Jersey Institute of Technology.
0: They had two young, healthy boys. On the surface, It seems like a happy, normal couple moving forward in life. But the couple will never move into the picturesque house at 29 Halls Mill Road. And under the surface, they certainly weren't happy.
1: Just one week later, a fisherman finds what remains of Bill cut into pieces, stuffed in three suitcases, and tossed into the Chesapeake Bay.
0: All that's left in Melanie's trial are the closing arguments and for the jury to make the final call. Did she or didn't she? And if she did, what drove this once happy couple to the brink? I'm Quinlan Posner. And I'm Carrie Ipema. And this is Crime of a Lifetime. are wow. you guys on pins and, you- needles. pins and needles you can't wait you to can't listen wait. And don't right. we sound
1: so serious
0: i mean it is we're very serious We're very
1: serious don't worry then it becomes conversational and like us but that's a fun way to open an episode
0: yeah i love the it. music do, 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 they
1: did do. so well
0: yeah i can't wait for you guys to hear us to come
1: with us i can't come wait. with us
0: on this journey
1: so the next episode that's coming out next Tuesday, so get so start your calendars from Friday now to Tuesdays. Um, the next episode is a really cool story. It's about Pearl Lusk. And I don't know what we can tease about that next episode, but it is a doozy. It is a doozy. It is surprising. And Quinn and I are working on optioning ourselves to play the lead characters because we there's no other to. option. It's, there's was no written for other, us. It was this written death. for us. There's a blonde, there's a brunette, done. Um, There's a think- smart one. I'm pointing at Quinn. There's an idiot one. Oh, pointing stop. At me.
0: Come on. <laughs> you guys, we love you so much. Thank you for the last 130 episodes for coming with us on this journey. And let's just hop on over to this other little uh, road, this yellow brick road. And you let's find- skip in a circle towards Tuesday. And you can uh, keep coming with us.
1: So... Please like, subscribe,
0: rate, review. Oh,
1: totally! Do all of that. Gotta you guys, guys got to do that new new for this one. new one. Called crime.
0: Otherwise, our bosses are going to be like, "Are they even good at this?" <laughs> so come on, like, tell them we are. You know, <laughs> let them know by crime of a lifetime. Go to the Apple one. Hit the five star. Hit the write a review. Do the little plus symbol that means you subscribe. It takes. A total of, I would I put it at like 38 to 39 seconds for you to do it. So just do it. Come do on. Do it. What have you got
1: to lose? Go wherever you find your podcasts, Crime of a Lifetime, and also join Patreon because we're going to be sharing more fun stories and about our lives. And also, we're also going to be doing two Patreons a month. So please join Patreon if you want to keep up with what Quinn and I are, have going on in our lives.
0: Love you guys.
1: We love you so much, Quinn. I love you. Dear readers, I love you. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. I truly can't say thank you enough because we would not be here if it wasn't for you. Amen. Amen. Hey, Koa, you want to take us out?